Welcome to the Freedom Mindset Academy podcast, where we will help you break cycles of burnout, build a sustainable entrepreneurial lifestyle, and have more by doing less. I'm Christine, a life balance coach. And I'm Maggie, an empowerment educator. And together, we believe that building a business should be fun. As the creators of Freedom Mindset Academy and the Energy Method, we're on a mission to help you live in the house you're building. Survival mode just ain't the vibe anymore. And we're showing you how to sustainably scale your business while actually enjoying your life in the process. We're dealing out all the tools to take back your time and energy so that you can cultivate a thriving business and life and do more of the things you love along the way. So pop into our weekly conversations and let us show you how we turn Mondays into Fridays. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into perfectionism. This is actually how uh, Christine and I really came together. Was yeah, that's um, so true. Through her podcast, Recovering Perfectionist, and um, as a recovering perfectionist myself, I think we would both, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I think yes. we both describe ourselves like that. Yeah. Um, this is one of the when we're talking about really trying to diagnose an issue like this is something that we see coupled with burnout almost all the time um so of all the clients that we've worked with we see when they are burned out they are typically also perfectionists yeah um and that's not always the case of course but truly if you are struggling with perfectionism i will say at some point or another you're going to burn out so not all burnout is attributed to perfectionism but perfectionism is certainly a one-way ticket to burnout and so we're going to talk to you a lot today about what exactly that is what forms it takes what's the impact it can have on your life and you know some steps to sort of navigate around that heal that and um change your mindset around what it looks like to seek mastery and um, enrichment and betterment versus just simply achievement and perfection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, I think I want to start with like, I kind of divide perfectionism into like three different types, because I think a lot of people, like you said, if you're an entrepreneur, if you've done pretty well in school growing up, you, you know, thrive for, you know, to achieve, you're a perfectionist. A lot of people can relate to that term, but then there's a lot of people who are like, oh no, like my house is a mess and I don't, you know, I'm not constantly looking to do the top all the time. And I wasn't great in school and all that. But then I find out when they become an entrepreneur that they are also a level of perfectionism, just different. Mm -hmm. And so there are really three different types that I kind of break it down into. And it's not just me. I think there's a lot of um, coaches that teach on this topic that also agree with this. And um, basically you have like the overachiever perfectionist, right? You have the one who is going to be, again, that's like the, you know, valedictorian, the one that's crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's, you know, that's really trying to show that they are, you know, following up, doing all the things, right? That's the one I think we relate to the most. The second one is a people pleaser, right? Mm -hmm. This is one that like, basically you care a lot about what other people think about you, right? And perfectionism 
ties a lot into, you know, what Maggie focuses on, which is worthiness, because Mm -hmm. why do we want to be perfect in the first place, right? Is we want to show people that we're good at something and we can get praise. So that means that maybe we're trying to validate our worthiness through somebody else. Mm -hmm. And people pleasing is a perfect example of that. So I, you know, I, I feel like also a lot of perfectionists, they fall into maybe a lot of these categories are like, Oh, I have a little bit of that. I'm a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. And for me, people pleasing was a huge problem when I started discovering the depths of what my perfectionism entailed. And it was more so with my family, just not being able to say no, um, feeling like I had solidified myself in the family with a position of I'm the one that books the flights. I'm the one that makes the plans. I'm the one, you know, and I just couldn't remove myself from that position. Cause I was like, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. Right. So we got to a point of just like, you know, you can't say yes all the time because every time you say yes to somebody else, you're saying no to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, right. And I think Maggie is the one that said that. And I, I'm like pulling that into my phrases now because it so resonated with me. Um, and then the third one is funny enough <laughs> that it goes with the same word, but it's, we, I call it the procrastinator. You know, because um, the procrastinator is someone who really is not always on the ball trying to do things, but they are, they're still, they're still like trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? There's this, there's this societal perfectionism programming that we have all kind of adapted of like, oh, I'm, I'm late for something. I got to be on it. I got to do it. But then they're not the person that's going to be like the overachiever that's going to jump right in you know, but they're still going to have this level of feeling like they're not enough if they don't try to achieve. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially with procrastinating too, we find that um, people who struggle with this kind of perfectionism Mm -hmm. will not take action until they are absolutely sure that the action they're going to take is going to pay off. So there it's like, it's this analysis paralysis and just complete stuckness, inability to move forward. Um, And this is a really, this is a big one y'all because it it is a tricky, it's like a covert almost perfectionism Uh because you're not necessarily always doing that much, but it's a mental that like, you know, the gymnastics that you're doing mentally in preparation to do these things for specific reasons that's what, that's what we're seeing here. So the inability to move forward, take action until you know, it's going to be perfect. I mean, who, you know, it never will be. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, there too. And, and so, and so that ends up being like Maggie said, the, the um, excuse that we rely on, you know, so she's right. Yeah. That procrastinator is really, that's the sneaky one. You think, Oh, that one's not too bad. The overachiever is the one that really gets you. And it's like, no, they're like, out and about about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm a perfectionist. Here I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, very self-aware of who they are and they enjoy Mm -hmm. it. But then again, that leads to burnout because of just constantly pushing, pushing, pushing and not knowing their limits or knowing their limits and not caring. Um, but the procrastinator she's right is this analysis paralysis. And instead of burnout, they're just in this stuck phase and they're really feeling like, I don't know where to go. And I'm afraid to make a mistake. There's this fear of failure, fear of rejection, you know, a lot of those other um, fears that Maggie works on. And so it is, uh, yeah, so I did, I created a podcast called The Recovering Perfectionist. And I did this 
for myself as a therapeutic, you know, (laughs) way to discuss lots of topics on life, perfectionism, burnout, entrepreneurship, family relationships, all of these things. And I guess I struck a chord with a lot of people. And there were a lot of people that reached out to be guests, which has been wonderful. I just wrapped season three. And it's been incredible to share not just my journey, because Mm -hmm. as uh, someone who resonates as an overachiever, but a little bit of all three, um, I feel like I always had to be on. Mm -hmm. I could never show the world that Christine was struggling. Mm -hmm. And that was terrible. And coming from ballroom dancing, high competitive athletic sport where you're constantly being judged for a hair out of place or a spray tan gone wrong. Um, (laughs) You just have to always show up. And if you don't show up properly, someone else is going to win. And so I had to slowly delayer those conditionings and programmings and say, like, I'm not competing at that level anymore. I did it. I won my titles. Awesome. But that those um, survival tactics don't translate to real life. And I, I had to really start to rewire what it meant to be me and what my work ethic was and how I approached problems in my real life and not how I used to do it on the dance floor. Yeah. And I think we see this a lot too with people in a super competitive field. There is this like distinction, which I think fits, I can't divorce the two um, between, you know, seeking mastery versus achievement and perfectionism. So I think perfectionism is seeking achievement. It's winning, it's winning the competition. It's getting the big award. It's, it's only in result oriented. It's only at like, what can people see? oriented versus this like pursuit of mastery of like, how am I engaging in my life? How am I participating? Am I getting better? Am I doing this work to prove something to somebody else with a chip on my shoulder? How am I approaching the work that I'm doing? Is it just to get a shiny gold star or is it to be better? Is it to be in the process of betterment? And I think you know, you sort of took that assessment. It's like, I'm done being, I'm done competing for the shiny thing. Uh You know, like I can't, we, it's not sustainable to live life in that way. And you never feel good. Like you feel good. You know, you can attest to this for a second once you win the, you know, the shiny gold star, but then it's like, there's another thing to win now. Yeah. It's never enough. It's never enough. And, and we've, we, we talked about that in burnout as well about entrepreneurship that you, you hit a goal. You know what I'm saying? Like my husband's business did very, very well this weekend. Right. We're very excited about that. You move on to the next weekend. It's like, okay, on to the next, how long do you celebrate your wins before you're chasing another win? You know, and that, that perfectionism creeps in real fast there because you're constantly feeling like, okay, great. We achieved it. Let's move on. And it's like, but we, we could have spent months, years trying to achieve whatever the goal was and you're celebrating for a fraction of the time. Yeah. And that is not a healthy, like you said, sustainable um, balance of, you know, celebration and working hard. Um, You need to be, you know, maybe not celebrate as long as it took to achieve the goal, but definitely make it a point 
to do something like that. So, so I want to transition a little bit into, you know, we understand the problem. We understand the, the pain. Maybe you guys were late, um, you know, comment in the section below. Um, you know, if you're watching this on the replay or whatever, which, which perfectionist do you relate the most to the overachiever, the people pleaser, or the procrastinator, you know, which one kind of resonates with you the most. And, and, and let's transition into how can we, what are the tactics or the strategies that we can use to overcome some of these perfectionist tendencies Mm -hmm. that, again, we say society, even if you didn't grow up in a high competitive, you know, sport, like I did, there's so much around us. There's so much comparison on social media. You know, the biggest thing that hit me as a millennial, Kylie Jenner becoming a billionaire at the age of what, 20, 21. I was like, I get it. She's a Kardashian. So she had a leg up in life, but there was a part of me that was like, what the heck? How am I not? How, how can I not be achieving at this level yet? You know? And it's, we get so skewed of like, what is reality mm-hmm. and what is it? It's like, that shouldn't be something that we should be working to achieve mm-hmm. is being a billionaire at 21. That was not even possible at a certain point. Right. And now all of a sudden, when you see that it is, it's like, well, I should be there too. And it's like, but that's not realistic, you know? Um, so let's talk about some, some strategies, Max. Let's, let's yeah. kind of transition into, you know, that. Well, for one, you just alley-ooped me here. Anytime <laughs> you're saying should, I should be doing that. Yeah. Like, that is a huge, like pay attention to the language that you're using. Your self-talk. So, exactly. Like you can, right? If somebody else can do it, then you can do it too. Oh. So it's, it's a possibility. But should, like, you know, let's, let's examine why we think we should be, should be in, you know, specific places. Um, I think key, my biggest tip for perfectionists is to practice self-love. And um, we're actually going to be putting out content in the coming weeks for all of the components of self-love. And it's not like, you know, just bubble baths and pedicures. It's, it's deep, deep work. Um, and it's has a lot to do with acknowledging what's going, like being real, Uh getting really real with yourself and honest with yourself about what is motivating your behavior. Uh And so it doesn't matter the what, right? Because Christine and I could do the same exact thing but our motivation for doing it can be completely different. And so part of self-love is, is radical self-honesty. That is a component of like self-knowing. And so it is crucial. If you feel like you're a perfectionist to begin analyzing why it is you're doing the things that you're doing. So if you are doing like this high achiever, if you're doing things to receive validation from other people or to validate yourself through certain achievements. Mm -hmm. Um, If you say, well, this will make me appear like this to other people, or this will make me, you know, this will, we see a lot of this in our space, like getting um, a certification or finishing a program. It's like, oh, this means now I'm qualified to do what I'm doing. So 
really analyze your motivations behind what you're doing. Um, that will give you some insight into, you know, whether or not you were acting on behalf of yourself and betterment of yourself and progression of yourself, or if you are acting to receive validation from other people and like sort of hustling for your worthiness. So that would be my major tip is. Yeah. And, and I think the biggest thing that you were mentioning is also um, just uh, your identity. Like when you identify, because entrepreneurs do this all the time with our job, with our, with our career, with our business, with our achievements, right. With our productivity. And the minute you start to identify with those things and, and um, create your value on Mm -hmm. that identification, um, that's when it's a slippery slope to, to, you know, perfection town right there. And so it, you have to learn how to separate, like, that was the hardest part for me. I, I was my business. I was Mm -hmm. my brand. I, I, I mean, I still catch myself all the time because years and years of programming is hard to unwire, but I've spent a few years now really diving deep. And um, the biggest thing I think that Maggie and I work on with our clients compared to other coaches that are like business coaches or, um, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, other high, high end life coaches is we really have to make sure that our clients are giving themselves grace. Mm Mm-hmm. And I spoke to another coach and he said, yeah, you know, I love that you focus on perfectionism. I would love to, you know, get kind of a coaching from you on how to work with a client who is a perfectionist, because I think I have one and he doesn't resonate as one. I said, that's very interesting. He said, yeah, um, I'm always holding my clients accountable and making sure that they're doing what they need to be doing, because that's my job as their coach, like a, like a personal trainer right? Mm -hmm. They are always holding their clients accountable. And for us, yeah, there's accountability there. Absolutely. Maggie and I discuss that all the time, but the accountability looks a little bit different than other Mm -hmm. coaches because we're also holding them accountable to give themselves grace. So what does that look like? A lot of times I'll have a client come to me and they had homework from the previous session. We had, you know, some things that we needed to implement in their life. And I'm like, okay, great. How did the week go? And I'll get, you know, a lot of different answers like, oh, it was a mixed bag or it was okay, you know, or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh no, like something didn't pan out. And then they go through their week and 90% of it was spot on, you know, it was perfect. And then they go, well, but, and then they go and tell me the one thing that didn't work. And they feel like the whole week was shot because of that one thing. And I'm like, Okay. So my job as their coach is I come back and I explain to them, yeah, what (laughs) they just said to me. I kind of just like repeat it. I'm a parent and I go, okay, so what you told me is we did this. We did this. We got that extra hour of sleep in. We got this in, we got the chores done. And then you're telling me that this happened. I was like, so that looks like a pretty successful week to me. Like, it's not going to be perfect. We want, this is what I always say with my clients. And we're going to repeat this again, progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is a term that is used widely, but I, I push it because my clients are continually feeling this progress, not perfection. We're moving forward, not backwards, but we're not trying to go towards perfection because that's like trying to look into the sun. It just doesn't work. Uh-huh. You cannot do that. You have to be just moving forward, right? It's like riding a bicycle. The minute you stop, 
you fall over, right? You have to keep pedaling in order to move forward. And the grace part is what I have learned, not just in myself, which is why I implement it with my clients, but the grace part is so important. So for me, um, now being newly married this year, I can't be working all the time. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. We he'll come home from a day of work. I'll be working all day from home. And then it's like, okay, great. Let's move on to the third business that we have together. And let's work on that. And it's like, we never do date nights. We never like, we should be cooking dinner together. We should be watching the movie, doing something to relax the brain. Cause tomorrow we get up and do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And that's not the life of an entrepreneur I signed up for, you Mm -hmm. know? So the grace that I'm giving myself is like, okay, I have a list of things to do. And today it's not going to be, you know, I got the things done. I needed to get done and I'm not going to do the rest. And I'm going to spend the evening with my husband. Yep. You know? Um, So going into that, I feel like that's also another trick that I use is every single day you look at your long list of things to do that it's constantly going up and not going down. What are the top two to three things that you have to accomplish that day? And it, maybe it can be something big. Maybe it can be something small to make you feel good. Like, yeah, I'll check that off the list, but put the three things. A lot of them for me end up being time sensitive or maybe an easy thing I can just knock out, but I always put the top three things on the list. And I'm like, this has to get done today. Mm-hmm. And if it, and everything else after that, you know, it is what it is bonus. If it does grace, if it doesn't. Yeah. I, oh, I like that. Grace. If it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I think that we, you know, especially as perfectionists are obsessed with closing loops and, you know, checking everything off and, um, embracing this new, there's something called the Eisenhower matrix. So, um, it's, it's essentially what you're describing. It's what is urgent, what is important. So urgent is obviously time sensitive. Important is, you know, something that is, of high value to mm-hmm. you. So, and then what is not urgent, what is not important. And so dividing, and some of them can be both, can be urgent and important, there can sure. be crossovers. So really looking at your list of things to do and knowing that like a day is really successful when you have prioritized and done the things that you value the most. Right. Not done everything, but prioritize and done the things that you value the most. And that may look like not responding to DMs to your potential clients and spending an afternoon with your daughter. Like it may look like, it may look like something different. And this is another reason that we work on values so much because when you're doing value aligned tasks, that's the measure of success. Not how much you did, but how much time you were spending operating in your values that it's actually driving you closer towards your goals. Cause here's another thing with perfectionists, like, and we have a, um, a document that can really help you with this in terms of your to-do list as well. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, anytime you add something to your to-do list, you're taking away energy from something that's already on your list. Oh. So this is, this is a non-negotiable. This is absolute okay. fact. So anytime you say yes to somebody as a people pleaser perfectionist, when you really wanted to say no, or you added something and you decided to be a team player when, you know, right. you're sitting on the bench and you need like, you're, yeah. you know, have an injury, just, you know, want time out. It's, it is essential for you to be cognizant about what you're adding on because you are taking time away from other things on your list. So I have really 
started to even say this to myself. It's like, am I willing to take away time from walking my dogs to do this? Mm-hmm. And I have to say the answer is yes or no. And this is how you like prioritize what's going on your list, what's going to stay off. So I think really, especially for perfectionists who are entrepreneurs, looking at that to-do list and things that we need to do, because I have the same experience with my clients too. They'll like do 95% of the things that they intended to do. And then the 5%, it hangs over them and makes them feel like a failure. So really working lovingly on this to-do list and creating strategies around it and creating a way to sort of close your day where you can say, you know, I didn't get to everything and that's okay. Right. Like having some sense of, cause it's not just like, you know, we can say it's okay that you didn't finish your to-do list, but it doesn't feel okay in your body. Right. It's going to take time for that transition. We talk a lot about, you know, things cognitively way before you embody them way before it becomes an actual embodied belief. And so you have to practice and you get to practice embodying the sense of like, it's okay. The world is not going to end when I say no, right? The world is not going to end when this list isn't finished. Right. And just reaffirming that reality, which is the truth. Um, so I think that's another great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to link my, my podcast in the show Mm -hmm. notes after this too, because, um, you know, like Maggie said, she was on it. We had a great conversation, um, actually we've done two at this point. Um, but also, um, I, I kind of in season three, I like to bookend it. So I start the season with me and end it with me. And then I've got guests in the middle and this last season that I did, I ended up doing a little experiment in my own life, um, from the people pleasing side of removing a lot of distractions in my life for an entire month. I planned my entire year. I worked my butt off in the summer. I didn't have to worry about, you know, money coming in or, you know, trying to reach out to people for opportunities, trying to continue the momentum, growing the business, growing myself, reaching out to family, whatever it was. I took the month of September of this year and I just, it was all about me. And Mm -hmm. I, yes, I mean, as a perfectionist, I strategically planned it, but at the same time (laughs) that made me feel better about it so that I could actually truly be in the zone and really see if this experiment would work. My birthday is on October 1st. So that for me was very, you know, bookend as well. Like, listen, as I go into the 1st of October, I want to feel different mentally. And I want to really push myself to, to give myself more grace. You know, um, that sounds like a double standard, (laughs) push myself to give myself more grace, but, um, but I really wanted to. So what I did is I didn't answer every phone call from my parents. I didn't, you know, call, you know, jump every time my brother needed something. I, you know, was not a part of a lot of family discussions for a month. And I, and I obviously had a conversation with them. I didn't just ghost everybody, you know, but I really set boundaries for myself. Um, and everybody was very respectful of that. I was in a very, you know, intense work season before that. And, and I would recommend and advise you to try to do something similar, even if it's for a week, you know, I put all my notifications on my phone on silent. And I checked the phone regularly. So I wasn't missing too many calls or anything, but I also didn't feel like, you know, those, those notifications and those sounds are very triggering. Mm-hmm. And every time you hear, oh no, like somebody needs something, you got to go perfectionist jump to go put out a fire like every single time. 
And so removing those triggers from your life, right? Um, Maggie was discussing willpower, you know, when we did our last live about willpower and she was saying about removing the temptations and the triggers mm-hmm. in your life. You know, you don't want to eat the cookies, don't buy them and put them in your house, mm-hmm. you know? So it's the same concept with this. I was removing the energy wasters and drainers, right? Which were some people in my life, unfortunately. And we just have to come to the realization that that's happening and be like, okay, you're not, you're not good for me right now. I'm going to put a boundary on you and make sure that I don't absorb some of that energy. Um, certain tasks, right? Certain things that I was doing to help either my husband's business or someone else. And I was like, you know what? I can't take this on anymore because like we said, you say yes to them, you're saying no to you. So I slowly started throughout the month of August saying yes to myself more and more and more. So by September, I had collected all of these yeses for me and I had set all these boundaries and I really got to enjoy. I tried to journal more, which I wasn't doing a lot. I tried to sit outside for 10 minutes in the morning, drink my tea and really have a moment of meditation. Um, I was really trying to go on more nature walks and go outside and do things um, and then come in and enjoy my work time and not feel like I had to work all day long to catch up to something. Or I would get caught in the middle of the day chatting with a family member, you know, that would drain my energy. And now I don't want to work anymore. You know, like we've all been there in all of these circumstances. And this was something that I highly recommend if you can even do a, a week or two of doing something like this for yourself. It's going to, it changed my mindset. Even after the first week, I was like, whoa, like there's certain things here that I didn't even think about until all of a sudden, all of these things were gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, and I work with my clients a lot on like writing themselves permission slips. So what would it feel like write yourself a permission slip on a piece of paper saying, you know, I choose just myself this weekend, but mm. so where you don't say yes to, you don't answer anybody else's phone calls who is an energy drain to you, you know, yes. like start small, start mm-hmm. with just one day. What would it feel like for just one day to choose myself over, you know, sort of farming myself out to these other responsibilities that I have been, you know, accepting and putting on myself because I want others to like me, or I feel like this is how I get my validation. You know, what does it feel like to actually give yourself permission to choose yourself instead of choosing things for other people? Yeah. And And from experience, the minute you start to set boundaries on people, when they know you for something, oh, this is, you know, call Christine. She'll always answer her phone, right? Because my phone's Mm -hmm. on 24 seven or yeah, she'll get it done, you know, whatever. So you've solidified yourself either in the family or in your community or in your circle group of you're the reliable one. You're the one that people will go to. And you're, you just are like, okay, well, I'll just do this one last one because then, you know, eventually people know. People will treat you the way you treat you. And if you know that you are the reliable one and you feel like you have to be there for everybody, they're not going to stop coming, Mm -hmm. right? They're going to continue to come to you to fill up their basket, you know, and you're going to be left holding the bag, you know, it's going to be empty. So you have to set those boundaries and that is going to be hard for some people, not just for you, but for them to be like, oh no, like Mm -hmm. I can't go to them anymore. And that's not to say you can't ever, you know, after just as, you know, spoiler alert, October came, all my family started calling me again, birthdays, all that stuff. And it was great. But again, we had to kind of like, it was like a high peak. And then we had to come back to a neutral. And 
the minute you start to tell people, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just taking on some other things right now. And I can't, I can't do that for you. Okay, great. They'll go to the next person that they were going to ask and they'll ask that person to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay that it's not you. That doesn't mean you let them down. You know, let me know if you have anything else later on, you know, reach out to me, but you need to give yourself the option to say no. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I think a lot of people don't do. I, Mags, I love the permission slip idea. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to start. I need to start implementing that because that you need to give yourself permission to say no and not the minute that somebody calls, whoever, if this triggers and it calls, who is going to call and ask you for something, you are already thinking, whatever it is, I'll do it. And if I can't do it, I'll figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong mindset to go into it. You need to weigh the pros and cons. How is this going to affect your life? What are you saying no to in your life? If you're saying yes to this person and then you decide, nope, I'm sorry, this is not, this is not worth it for me. And some people would, you know, the older generation would say, well, that's selfish. Sometimes you need to do something for somebody else without getting something in return. Hundred percent, but we can't do thousands of those things and never they were living. Yeah, it can't be our status quo. No, I think you know we part of perfectionism too is this this desire or impulse to like fix things Mm. to fix other people and fix other people's problems, and this again falls into numbing because. When, you know, your house isn't right, a lot of times people will focus on other people so that they don't have to address their own issues. Um, This is a coping mechanism. So like, again, it's really get intimate up close and personal with your why, like, why are you entering into these like situations where you're over giving of yourself, where you are over promising of yourself, where you're constantly saying yes and lean into the like massive discomfort, which it is of saying no. And like, I've had clients before practice saying no in the mirror, like just say it out loud, yes. practice saying no. And I had a client a couple months ago ask me, she's like, you know, what can I do to really make this? How do I practice saying, you know, how do I practice, get practice in saying no. And I was like, you say say no. it. Yeah. Just, no. just actually say it. Yeah. Say no to somebody, right? Like that's the only way to practice it. And again, reminding you guys, like it is not your responsibility to manage other people's emotions. It's not your responsibility to deal with how somebody else interprets or receives your boundaries. Yeah. The only thing that you're responsible for is it acknowledging when you need a boundary to be set, setting it, communicating the boundary and enforcing it. That's all that you have control over. You're, you're not controlling these other parties. And like, I was even messaging someone today who like really overstepped my boundary. And I just like put a foot down, said what my boundary was and blocked the person because I'm not draining my energy on people like this, who are like overstepping over providing advice over like, you know, I'm done with it. It's an energy drain. And you can feel what that, what that feels like in your body. You can feel that. Yeah. So, I mean, and I nobody think- knows yourself better than, you know, yourself, mm. you know, we talk about this a lot in like, you know, holistic and mental and physical health, but really we need to talk about it in perfectionism too, because you need to know what your boundaries are and you need to trust yourself because mm. a lot of the reasons why we're perfectionists is because again, that people pleaser, we're trying to, or the overachiever, we're trying to show up and we're trying to always be on. And the vulnerability that I was talking about that I do now on my podcast, like that, God, it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. Just to even know that I can be this, you know, person that doesn't have it all together 
And mm -hmm. that is a learning experience. I can still be an expert and a work in progress at the same time. And that is not something that is often um, encouraged. But that's mastery, baby. That's the yes, pursuit of mastery over achievement. And I think speaking of vulnerability, this is really important to mention too. And I know we're running over here, but yeah. a lot of what drives perfectionism is the need to control. Mm -hmm. So needing yeah. to protect, it is fear-based. It is fear of failure, it is fear of things going wrong, it is in the need to control. And we feel like the more that we perseverate and like, you know, get neurotic about specific things and try to make everything just so that we can arrange our lives in a way where things won't go wrong. And that's just not, not ever going to happen. Perfectionism is not something that you're ever going to achieve. It is. Uh -oh. <laughs> Um, it is, it, I mean, it really is a protective mechanism. So I want to remind you, because this is how I approach self-love, self-worth is that you are, you know, these things that we have, these quirks that we have, like perfectionism are really designed to keep us safe, to make sure that we fit in with the crowd, to make sure that people love us, that we have connection to make sure that, you know, we're not experiencing ego deaths by failing and putting ourselves out there and not being successful. Like yeah. this is all purposeful, hard People work. not liking us because we didn't do something for them. And now they're not going to call us to hang out the next time or, right. or be a part of the group. You know, it goes back to when you were what in elementary school and you were the last one picked for dodgeball, right. <laughs> or like, I want to be a part of the group, you know, the cool kids. Um, that, yeah, that stems very early on. And, and Maggie's right with, you know, all of that, as far as, as trying to make sure that you are, you know, setting, setting those healthy boundaries and, and making that happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how we're wired to work. There's mm -hmm. not something wrong with you. If this yeah. is you, right. It was meant to protect you and keep you safe, but we can acknowledge now that this isn't serving us. We're not thriving like this. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not a sustainable way to live. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So as you can see, like another topic, we can go on like this forever. Um, we get real passionate about this kind of stuff because um, the minute that we were able to find answers for ourselves and again, we always say you don't have to live this way. Um, that for a while I thought I was thriving living that way. I'm like, yeah, this is what makes me good. This is what makes me achieve. And, and I, I, I cross every T and dot every I and it's like, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Do the best that you can focus on your goals and what Maggie says, your values. And if things are not working towards your values, maybe you need to shift the direction a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so put in the comments again, which, which perfectionists that you resonate with the most, maybe it's a couple of them. Um, what are you having trouble with? If you have any questions, let us know. We're here for you. And um, yeah, we can always do a part two of perfectionism. There's a lot to discuss. So definitely. Totally. Uh, there is, there is life on the other side. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's that. We've both done a whole lot more. Yeah. When we haven't been sort of saddled to this, like need for everything to be perfect. I mean, messy action is just, Ooh, it's real the way it's, forward. <laughs> it is. It is. And surrendering, surrendering, yeah. like you were talking about, not trying to control everything. That's, that's the control thing we were talking about. And 
surrendering to, you know, God, the universe, whatever higher power, um, you know, what do they say that, you know, uh, tell God your plans and he'll laugh or something like Mm -hmm. that, because it's whatever that is, the universe, all of that, um, that you resonate with because you can't control everything. So you need to allow the universe and space to be a part of your life because it's going to bring you some pretty spectacular things that you didn't even know was possible um, that you could not have controlled. And so you need to allow that to happen. And, and just like, like Maggie said, you know, the living on the other side of it and the, our concept that we continue to preach is having more by doing less, you know? So, yeah. So again, progress, not perfection. That's the whole moral of this slide. <laughs> if you didn't take anything away, that's the only thing I want you to take away from this is progress, not perfection. Um, let that ring you know, write it on a sticky note, put it on the bathroom mirror and just understand that that is crucial um, to kind of get in there. So thanks for listening. And if you would like to join Freedom Mindset Academy, click the link in the show notes and apply for a free clarity call. Because let's face it, if you already feel like there aren't enough hours in the day, then you don't want to waste another minute not working towards life balance by creating sustainable systems and taking back control of your time. We'll see you inside the Academy.